Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jansen. My guest today is Donna Cutting. She is the founder and CEO of Red Carpet Learning Systems, and she's also the author of a book we are going to talk about today called 501 Ways to Roll Out the Red Carpet for Your Customers. So Donna, thanks for joining me. Hey, John. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. So 501 ways. Don't you think it would be great if people just did one thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely for sure. But, you know, it's funny to me how people pick up on that 501 uh, ways and, and find that amusing. But what I'm trying to do is give people an, uh, enough you know, action ideas, tangible ideas that they can actually take right from the book and implement into their company, or at least be inspired by some of these ideas uh, so that they can raise the bar and the service in their organization. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of books that have a lot of theory in them, and there's certainly a place for theory and strategy. But I think there's also a, a real need for the you know these books that just say you know give me a couple ideas, give me a couple things I can go out and do, and 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 see how I could do that in my business. And so uh, that's one of the things that really attracted me to uh, to want to have this conversation today. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and uh, you'll see, you'll know in the book there's actually a chapter called "Get Red Carpet Ready," and that's because. So that theory is important and it is really important to have a strong basis if you truly want to give, uh, you know, consistently excellent service to your customers. you got to be looking at who you're hiring and how you're encouraging them and all of that. But, you know, today's uh, person, mid-level manager or entrepreneur doesn't necessarily have time to um, be as creative as they want. So why not uh, jump from, look at what other people are doing and, and go from there. Now, before we get too deep, you are in Asheville, North Carolina. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, ju I just visited uh, with my wife and we canoed the North Broadmoor or the North Broad right through Biltmore and, uh, and uh, went up on the Blue, uh, Blue Ridge Parkway. It was beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah, did you the French Broad River? Is that what you're? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful, beautiful area. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed you, but I'm glad you had a good time. So, we're a lot of companies think in terms of departments, marketing, sales, and service, and I really think it's probably always been true, but I really think today when there's really nowhere to hide. I mean, if you have bad service, uh, we're probably going to see a YouTube channel dedicated to it at some point. And so, uh, you know, I've come to believe that, that there really is no room for these departments anymore, that, that, that service, quite frankly, needs to run through the entire sort of outcome uh, with a customer, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Customer service is so much more than a department. Uh, it really is the... It, 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 well, for one thing, there's a direct link between sales and marketing and service, especially today, because it's the experience that you're giving your customer. They have more choices and louder voices than ever before. And so regardless of how great your sales and marketing is, you could lose that customer the minute they walk in the door if, you're, if the experience they're getting is not, spec, you know, fantastic. Um, they have so many other places to go. And, and so customer experience is really part of that whole marketing and sales as well. So because you sell training that has a cost associated to it and, and certainly doing customer service well uh, has a cost associated with it, uh, how do you help people make the, the leap to it not 
it, it being an investment rather than a cost, so to speak. So, so what's the value? You know, how do you measure the value of good service? I mean, I think we all know, a, a, a you know, a pissed off customer is bad thing, but how do you measure that doing the basics right? Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, and it varies from in, you know, uh, company to company, but it's really understanding the lifetime uh, value of your customer. And so understanding that we're not just talking about one transaction here, but how many transactions would they could could they potentially do with you in a year's time, in five years time, you know, in the lifetime of that customer? And I would even add to that, how many new customers could they bring to you because they're having such great experience? Um, I don't really see that in the typical measurements of lifetime, you know, value, but I think that belongs there as well. Great, great point. Uh- I think that um, we all know people that, and I'm sure you run into them, and every company, hopefully every company has one or two of them, that person that is just, they're just nurturing. They're just, how can we serve you? I mean, they're just wired that way. Um, But I suspect that you do a fair amount of teaching people that are not wired that way. Is it possible? Yeah, well, first of all, you do have to have a heart uh, to serve people to a certain extent. And I think when it when it comes to the customer experience, different um, making sure that you have the right people in the right roles is very important because depending on the position, you know, it is more uh, important in some positions that you have those people who are the warm, fuzzy, going to make people feel good. And then in other positions, uh, it may be more important that they have the technical piece that they know that job really, really well, but they just have to have the ability to be friendly and caring to the customer. So having said that, can you teach empathy? I don't know that you can. Um, I think that that comes with, uh, you know, how they grew up and uh, whether they have an empathetic heart. However, what I have noticed is that there are there are people out there Um, in organizations that have empathy and they have a heart to serve, but the, uh, the leadership has not necessarily been really great about defining what that service experience looks like and, and, and giving them the tools and the training that they need in order to deliver on that, you know, service experience. People, a lot of times people say to me, oh, well, it's just common sense. Well, not necessarily. You know, if you've got a young person who grew up in a home where they may have, a, in fact, I've met, you know, many, many people, they have a warm, very warm, caring heart, but they didn't grow up learning about the importance of eye contact and smiling and giving a good handshake and, you know, uh, caring phrases and, and all of the things that you can teach if somebody has an open heart. Uh, to receive it. Did that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that you kind of hammer home uh, a belief that I have that is that uh, service, good service, red carpet <laughs> service is really kind of culture. Um, and, and so I think organizations that it seems to run throughout, it's, it's, they hire for it. I mean, they, that's a, that's a qualification, you know, for, for the job is, is to maybe measure that idea of empathy, but then they also, empower folks. Um, I, I was uh, on a flight this week. Southwest Magazine uh, you know, always has stories about uh, their people doing good. And then we all know companies that, that really, I, th- I think, tend to empower their employees to do things. And uh, the, this, uh, there was a layover um, that uh, 
the person wasn't changing planes, but they they laid over, ironically, my hometown of Kansas City. Um, and the person was uh, on their son really wanted a Royals baseball hat, but they just didn't have time to get off the plane. And flight attendant heard it, went in, bought a Royals baseball hat at the shop, came back out, gave it to him. And, and of course, you know, then... You know, then then the person wrote a letter. You know, talking about how great it was, and I think that 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 flight attendant uh, is very is empowered to make that kind of thing and rewarded for doing that kind of of action. And I think that 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 has to run really deep, doesn't it? It definitely does, and it is. And getting back to that whole chapter and getting red carpet ready, that really is all about culture. Uh, you know, the question that's asked of me a lot is, how do you get an hourly employee who maybe has never received red carpet service? To give it, yeah. Well, you have to model it for them by the way that you're treating them and empowering them and and uh, encouraging that kind of behavior. So, I, what a great story! I love that. So, one of the things that I, I think a lot of companies, you know, they they get it. Okay, customer service is great. We got to do something to really, you know, be over the top, um, and it comes out sort of robotic. I think the best customer service is um, something like that story I told, but it's also just very. It, it's often very personalized. And I think that's even trickier, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. And also, I, I want to just say, I don't necessarily think that it has to be over the top. Uh, to me, there are three areas of customer experience to pay attention to. One is that technical piece. So that is um, you know, what they're what the customer is buying for the service or product that they're purchasing, that it works the way they expect it to work, you know, all of the logistical things that go along with delivering that product and service. And that, you know, you want obviously want that to be proficient. But the next piece is warmth and hospitality. So how are you delivering it? Do you have a team of people who have that empathetic heart and are warm and hospitable? Really, if those two things are rock solid, people are going to feel like they have a great customer experience if it's consistent. So meaning every employee is delivering that to every customer at every opportunity, you know, every single time or close to it. And then the third piece would be that wow, or I call them movie moments, you know, those moments you remember and want to repeat from the movies, making those kinds of moments for your customer. But but to be honest, the first two have to be rock solid. But before that, over the top, wow, really makes a difference. Um, and I think you're right, that, that has to come authentic. And that comes from just allowing your employees to come up with their own ideas about how to do that. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure you're really saying this, but I think you make a good point. In some cases, the bar is not very high, right? Just getting the basics right, returning phone calls, doing things that people expect, or unfortunately have come not to expect. Um, you know that you know that kind of part, the basics, you know, are so important, and and many companies miss that even. That's exactly right. I mean, it is surprising to me when I ask my audiences, you know, tell me about the best service you've ever received. How many times people will just tell me a story about how, you know, they walked into a, a, a hotel or a department store and everybody was friendly and smiling and they were bending over backwards to do what they can for you. And I, you know, I, I think that's just what customer service should be, never mind you know, the over the top stuff, but that's what people are wowed by today because unfortunately we're not get, we're not receiving that as often as we could be. One of the, my favorite 
and I'm not even sure this is customer service. This this certainly is marketing in my mind. But uh, one of my favorite things is when somebody surprises me, when they do something I didn't expect. Uh, I ordered some shoes uh, from a running store and got uh, some some power bars and socks thrown in there. And, you know, that, that had me talking. In fact, you're probably about the 10th person on air that I've told this story to. Um, and, and I think those um, – I, I think there there's almost – a product role uh, for that type of thing. Oh, definitely. And I love, um, you know, that reminds me of uh, retro. I'm trying to remember the name of the company. One of the examples in the book is, is a uh, retrofit. Uh, and they are a company that sells uh, sportswear. I think, I think, Oh, I'm sorry. Re- Rec- RecoFit compression gear, um, and they sell uh, compression gear for cyclists and triathletes and runners. And one of the things that she does is that uh, she she came up with the idea of um, just thinking about that Cracker Jack box and remembering how exciting it was as a child to get that Cracker Jack box. And while the caramel corn were, you know, delicious, that's not really what we were excited about. What we were excited about, the free stuff, right? The little prize. And so she does exactly what you were just talking about. Um, Susan Walton, uh, the owner of the company, and she'll she'll just put something, a free little gift that people aren't expecting in every single box. And that's what people get excited about. You know, that's a little extra. I love it. Yeah, Seth Seth Godin actually had a book. I you probably remember it called Free Prize Inside uh, uh, that that really kind of talked about that whole concept. Yeah, give you a moment to kind of define your your uh, red carpet phrase there. I mean, how do you go about making people feel like stars? And and you know, should you be should you be looking at it as that that over the top kind of roll out the red carpet approach? Well, to me, ultimately, red carpet service is about making that person in front of you right now. So whether they're physically in front of you or on the other end of the phone or even the other end of an email, feel like the most important person in the room or the most important person in that transaction. And so it really does just start with being 100% present there for them, um, making people feel like you, you know, even if you've heard, and this is the challenging part, even if you've heard this question, you know, 50 million times from every customer, um, delivering service in a way that I would consider, the um the illusion of that first time so like in the theater we have you know people do the same dance steps the same uh speech the same lines 20 million times depending on how long that show goes on and yet for every audience it's a new show it's a new and so really looking at it that way and is finding the fun things that you can do to really make them say wow you know i didn't expect that so I warned you about this before we started, um, you know, with a book, 501 Ways, um, I'm going to ask you to pick maybe four or five of your favorite ones that, that you can tell us little vignettes uh, about, just to give people a sense of the, um, you know, the abstracts of, of each of these kind of ways. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'll start with Ruby Receptionist. So they're an, uh, a company I actually did business with for many, many years. And I'll start with them because they're such a great example of those three areas that I talked about. They are uh, a voice answering service, uh, but so much more than that. Uh, they are, we refer to them endearingly as call Ruby. And when, you know, when they would pick up my phone messages, 
uh, the technically it went perfectly 99.9% of the time, you know, they would get my message, they would either transfer it right to the person it needed to go to on my team, or we would get a, a, a voicemail and a follow up. And it just worked perfectly. If it didn't work perfectly, because they were having software issues or something, they were communicating with us every 10 minutes until it was back up and running It was amazing. So they had that piece really perfect. And then the second piece is I never had to worry about the receptionist that was answering the phone. I mean, they had many, many people working for them, but they were all upbeat, friendly. You know, I certainly secret shopped myself. Um, my customers would come, uh, talk about what friendly people I had working for me. It was just uh, amazing. They had those two pieces rock solid, but then they would add the wow. And this goes back, John, to your whole piece of um, empowering employees because every person who works for a Ruby receptionist is empowered to make um, practice wowism is what they call it, but make these surprise and delight moments for their customers. So for instance, if uh, when I had my dog Snowball, one time they sent me a little package of dog treats for Snowball and a little frame with a picture on it that looked kind of like Snowball. Um, and they would just do little things like this on a regular basis. I know other people who use them as well and that we're always comparing the little gifts that Ruby receptionists um, send us out of the blue. So they're such a great example of those three areas of service. Um, and then one that I was thinking of when you were talking about your airplane, uh, the Southwest airline example is, uh, this gentleman in who worked in, um, Tampa airport. And I love this one this little boy left his beautiful Hobbs, you know, his precious doll, if you remember the old Calvin and Hobbes, right? So he had a little tiger and he named him Hobbes and he left it at the airport and one of the employees picked it up and of course they let him know, absolutely, you can come pick it up. Hobbes is here. He's fine. But in the meantime, they took all kinds of pictures of Hobbes, you know, doing things at the airport, working in the control room, you know, working here, working in the, flying the plane, all of these things. And they put it together in a little album so that when the parents came and they actually picked up Hobbes, um, not only did they get the doll, but they got this album of memories that Hobbes shared. I mean, just that's such a great example, again, of an employee just taking responsibility and wowing, wowing the customer. Yeah, you, you know, as I hear you say that, and, and after reading many of the, um, the tips in uh, or the ways in, in your book, um, I think I think in a lot of ways the underlying thread or theme is fun. <laughs> I think a lot of the companies that do this stuff, it's because they're having a good time. And so they, they look for ways to, to bring a little bit of fun and joy in to people's lives, regardless of what they're selling. And I, I think that might, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that might be, if you're going to nail sort of one emotion, that might be it. No, I th I think you are absolutely. You just hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, I mean, the next one I was going to share with you is the Village Coffee House in in Boulder, Colorado. And if you are there for the first time and somebody gets wind of it, you've been uh, dubbed a village virgin, and wow. they announce that there's a virgin in the house, and everybody uh, applauds, you know, and everyone's kind of in on the fun. Ever all the customers that have been there before, and then of course there's ways for you to earn. 
uh, prizes if you bring in new virgins to the coffee house. So it's definitely a marketing tool, but it's also just like having, like you said, having a great time with your customers and for your customers. I'm visiting with Donna Cutting. She is the founder and CEO of Red Carpet Learning Systems, and she's also the author of a book, 501 Ways to Roll Out the Red Carpet for Your Customers. Thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you out there on the road someday. Thanks for having me. 